Hey guys, thank you for joining us on The Wellspring. I'm your host, Talia. And I'm Chris. And today we're just going to continue with our love series. So we're going to be diving in a little bit more into 1 Corinthians 13 about what love is. Um, thank God for Paul, right? But um, so yeah, Chris is going to read uh, 1 Corinthians 4. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 7. So. Yeah. And I will be reading an NIV. Today I know you guys are probably... Be hearing me read a bunch of different versions as we're continuing these podcasts, but I always like to look at different versions to, to just see different like ways of looking at the text. Perspectives. Anyway, perspectives, exactly. So verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So, yeah. Obviously, last week we talked just a lot about how pretty much half this text talks about what love is not, and that's obviously a very important thing, distinguishing not only what love is, but what love should not be. But today we're going to focus on more of the parts where it just says what love is. So, without further ado, I think my lovely wife can can lead us in discussion, (laughs) get us going a little bit, so... Yes. Yes, I will. (laughs) Well, obviously, um, we read in the first couple of verses that love is two things. Um, Love suffers long and is kind. I love how Paul um, kind of brings these two together. Um, Love is described by by action um, and not just by words um, and lofty concepts. Um, Paul is not writing about how love feels. Um, He's writing about how it can be seen in action. True love can be seen in action. True love is always demonstrated by action. And obviously we can see this. Um, the perfect example of this is, is obviously seen and demonstrated um, on the cross. We can see that in, in our Lord and Savior. Um, I wanted to, to talk about um, just about the five love languages for an example because there's something that I love that, that Chris um, demonstrates in action when I, when I think about um, how love love is love softers long i'm so sorry about (laughs) i am just i i think i need to take my time speaking and not be able to rush that's what this is um so you have words of affirmation um which is using words to build up the other person um such as thanks for taking out the garbage there's gifts such as a gift says he was thinking about me look what he got for me there's acts of service doing something for your spouse that you know they would like cooking a meal, washing dishes, vacuuming, um, etc. Quality time, by which I mean giving your spouse undivided attention. Uh, And then there's physical touch, holding hands, hugging, kissing, all of that. Um, I would like to say, man, I have all of these. (laughs) But um, uh, Chris does um, uh, these things every now and then he'll, and by every now and then I probably more than I like to admit, but he'll leave like notes for me in the morning prior to him uh, going to work and just letting me know that he loves me and he's praying for me and just how um, just acknowledging to me just like how beautiful I am and stuff like that just just things that just like warm my heart and he's been doing it ever since like for as long as I could remember and just even when we were dating it would be just like text messages like prior to him going to work in the morning and it would be like a 5 30 a.m text message and it was just just the most beautiful thing like ever so that was just an act of 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 his love towards me and it was something that you know I know I could never forget and I have a decent amount of those uh 
text messages and and letters like saved up and he has no idea where those are so <laughs> but they're they're things that you know I hold on to and I know that they're an act of, of his love towards me so yeah I guess, <laughs> sorry just being talked about for a while it's kind of hard to respond sometimes but I think the most important thing and just like mentioning it again is that like this definition of love like all these things are actions that we see here they're all things that we see they're all things that we can do and obviously with my wife talking about just some things i've done for her just love should always be proactive in a sense i heard it was a book we're reading recently i think it was the love dare was the book that they really talked about it but especially with kindness how love is proactive and again how t brought up just jesus and the perfect example of him being on the cross jesus and his love was very proactive he could have just like sat up in heaven you know as we're all like sinners down here, just let us do our things, let us try to figure it out. But no, he was proactive in his love, and he had a plan of salvation. And one day, knowing that he would come to the cross and suffer for us, and obviously just that being the most proactive form of love, obviously mm -hmm. just going to the cross for us. But I think before, a lot of times we can know how to act or we can know how to respond it's important to understand that we need to be patient. And I love that mm. the first thing that we see here with love is it that it is patient. And a lot of other, um, what's it called? A lot of other versions say how it suffers long. And obviously just thinking of Christ and how, one, how long he suffered on that cross and waiting for the exact moment for himself to give up the soul, his soul and waiting for God's wrath to be fully poured out upon him. But also even just in a sense of the exact time when he went to the cross this is so awesome. I've been reading this book on the prophecy of Daniel and talking about the 70 weeks and all these things. And like people talk about all the time, well, oh, why did Christ like wait like 2000 years to go to the cross and all that stuff. But like God had an exact plan of when his plan for salvation needed to be fulfilled. Nobody knows exactly why it was done the way it was aside from God himself, obviously, but we can see through scripture and through certain prophetic prophecies like this one why god chose it to be this time but just knowing that he had to do this at the exact time and wait the perfect amount of time for these prophecies to be fulfilled and this was just one prophecy there's dozens of other prophecies i think there's like over 300 prophecies that talk about like the messiah coming and what had to be fulfilled before he came but aside from all the prophetic things on a daily level how we apply this to ourselves just being patient like so often we want to just react to situations without really thinking about them. But when, we, when we're when we patient and when we wait and we think about things, it gives us time to process how we should be acting. And it's so easy to respond in our flesh when we respond right away to a certain person or to a certain situation. Mm, yeah. Where if we just take a second, think, wait about it, and then respond, we'll be much more likely to respond in a loving way, in a kinder way. Yeah, and for sure. I just love that that's the first thing that Paul says love is. It's patient. It waits. It thinks before it acts. That's, mm -hmm. I, I really think, just a really, really key thing to this, mm -hmm. to this little uh, section we're going to be going through. I don't know. And I don't know why, but I think one thing I want to point out is just that you don't have to be married or in a relationship to demonstrate these these key things that, that Paul is pointing out, that love is patient and love is kind. Um, and if you're struggling with you know, being in a relationship or being married, engaged, then obviously the key thing to do is to look upon Christ. Um, and I think that's something, you know, when you are single, you struggle with, am I ever going to be married? Am I ever going to find the one? But that's nothing Paul obviously ever points out. 
Um, so I think if it is something you're struggling with or thinking about how can I love if I'm not with someone, um, then it's obviously, you know, looking upon your Lord and Savior and how he demonstrated the fact that, you know, he obviously didn't need, you know, anyone or the fact to be in a relationship to demonstrate the ultimate, you know, sacrifice and, and love for his children. So. Yeah, I guess just moving on to the next one for obviously what we're talking about with what love is, love is kind. And just going off the, the proactiveness of love again. And how kindness is something that just being proactive can always be first. You can always reach out and do something for something, do something for someone or say something for someone without anything having been done to you. Hmm. You know, it's not hard to, to just be others oriented, to be other centered in a daily way, in just an application sense. Because I know even myself, I can get so caught up in like doing these super big acts for people or thinking like, Oh, I should wash this person's car. Or like just thinking of like crazy things I can do for people. But like, sometimes people just want to know that like people know that they exist like people know they're there. Like I think of like when I go out, something the Lord's kind of been convicting me of lately is like when you go into a, a grocery store or a random store and you see like cashier there. And let's be honest, a lot of people who work minimum wage jobs hate their jobs. They're minimum wage. They're working long hours. They're boring. They're they're just not fun most of the time. And a lot of people don't enjoy those types of jobs. Now, some people do, some people love them, but I just know just from every day, a lot of people don't seem to really enjoy those jobs. But yeah, like think about Very how true. many people they see like all throughout their day that just, just come in, go and, out, just yeah. get their stuff. Maybe even like uh, T was just saying, or miserable or maybe treating them rudely and stuff like that. Like how awesome would it be for you to just start up a little conversation with this person or Smile just ask them how their a long way day me. was going, you know, or just little things like that. Like these are like little ways that we can love on people throughout our day and can just be so impactful. I know, again, this isn't anything to do with us, but we were out with a couple friends of ours and we were at a grocery store and basically this exact thing oh happened. Oh my, yeah. And um, it's <laughs> our friends. Who he is. Uh, yeah. I'll just say their names, Victor and Kristen. And literally... Uh, there was, we were at the grocery store, we were at ShopRite, and there was a cashier and there was a bad girl. And Victor basically just started up these like funny conversations with these two people. And literally all six of us, the four of us and the two employees were dying after being there for 10 minutes because of laughter. Of obviously course. our two friends had all their groceries and then we had all our groceries behind them. And we were just having such a good time. And like both the ladies were just like, oh, you guys made our day. This was so awesome. Yeah. And like. Just like something like so small that yeah. like literally it just like started being like, intentional about trying to make someone's day. Yeah. And it just started out with like a couple questions, like asking how their day was going and stuff like that. Yeah. And it just turned into a like this awesome thing. And not every time is it going to turn into some great grand conversation or anything like that. Sometimes you ask someone how they're doing and they just say like, why do you even care? Or like, stop talking to me and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not going to necessarily be the best Perfect case scenario all the time. every time. But it's just the heart behind it, you know? And I think that the first thing that kind of... Before you even act out kindness, you should just be realizing what's going on around you and just like noticing things. Like, so if you notice someone who looks a little upset or if you notice someone who seems like they're having a bad day, just being observant in these things is what allows us to be able to respond at the right times and to be able to reach out at the right times. So, yeah, it's true. Wow. So, yeah, if anything, like the first things we see about love is that it's observant and 
it's patient and it doesn't react quickly at times, but it thinks about what should be done and what needs to be done. And on top of that, I don't know why I was sharing this with, yeah, with Chris the other day and I, I was stuck on what love is kind for some strange reason. And I began, <laughs> I began to think about like Bob Ross and um, <laughs> yeah, so it's cool. very true. I, yeah. I'm sure you remember it now. Yeah. I introduced um, her to him. So <laughs> you don't even paint though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm, I was just amazed at the fact that this man starts with a, like this blank canvas and just the way he his his uh his demeanor his his countenance just this man is so just loving and and kind and he starts with this this blank piece of paper or canvas and by the time he's done you just have this wonderful just lovely your mouth is like to the floor because you're like how did he do this um and to me i see um just kindness as as the one stroke as the one you know, paint dab, you know, the, all the artistic, you know, terms to painting that, that it just goes a long way. Um, and I began to think about just what, you know, Bob Ross's art is, and truly it's, it's a masterpiece. Um, and, and that's exactly what we are into, in the Lord's hands, you know, we are his masterpiece, but we can't, you know, begin to be, you know, that masterpiece if, if the Lord isn't our master. Um, so we have to begin to, you know, surrender our lives to the Lord and ask him daily to, to be our Lord and Savior, to be, you know, our master. And those are the, the they're just day-to-day -day things because, you know, we are sinners. We have to, you know, acknowledge that we are so imperfect and, and we are in need of him. Um, and, you know, Chris and I are going through Calvary Road and, and Roy so perfectly puts it that, you know, to not be in love is, is to be in hate and to hate is sin. And, <laughs> and it's, it's just, heavy. It, it's heavy because it's Very like, heavy. they're just, whether it's with your thoughts, whether it's with your speech, whether it's with your intentions, whether it's just the way you do anything, you know, if it's not kind, if it's not loving, if it's not, it's just, it's heavy stuff because it's like, wow, but it's like almost every other second, you know, I can be in sin. So, and even just, me reading through uh through exodus and just any commentator or just like us we can like clearly see like the people of israel how like one second they're like getting saved and they're going through the red sea and afterwards they're like praising god for his salvation and what he's done for them and then the next second they're like in the desert and they're just complaining against god and they're like oh why did we even come out here with the lord we should have just stayed in egypt with those people who had enslaved us and all these things and mm. it's just like that's just such a perfect portrayal of our hearts every single day. It's like any day could be different. One day you could just be praising the Lord to so thankful and excited to be alive. And then the next day you could absolutely just hate yourself and hate your life, hate where you're at. And it's just that's why it's so important on a daily level to go to the Lord, a daily level to spend time praying, to spend time in his word. Because really, without the Lord, it's impossible to love, at least in a way that he calls us to, at least in the agape way of love, which is the type of love that is never changing, that regardless of the circumstances or situations that are put upon you, you will continue to love in this way anyway. And obviously that being the Lord's love, loving us regardless of the fact that we're sinners, even though one day I might be in that place where I'm really happy and praising him, or the next day I'm hating life and maybe even hating God, he still chooses to love me anyway. He still died for me anyway. He still paid the cost for my life anyway. And 
I think that's the one thing that can always humble me the most is no matter how I feel, the Lord always loves me and I can always remember the fact that he has died for me and he, he does care for me and he is pursuing a relationship with me and I can look at all those people around me who I might have problems with throughout the day and it's just like, Lord, how, how can I hold anything against anyone else when you don't hold anything against me? And hmm. it's just, it's very humbling, you know, when we, when we really look at the love that the Lord has for us and, and how kind he is to us and how patient he is with us. Just think of the process of sanctification and how long it's taking us to be perfected. And obviously we never will until the day that he comes back or the day we ascend into heaven after um, we pass on to the next life. But it's just, he's just so patient with us, you know. And, that's just and thank God for that. Because I'm not even patient with myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing. You know, quick, to. quick to condemn, quick to shame, mm. quick to, you know, guilt ourselves. So, verse 7. Yeah, that's kind of funny. We jump all the way into, well, actually, the, the end of verse 6 does say, obviously, we'll just, so I'll just read the 6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And just touching on that second part, rejoicing with the truth. Right. But you got to. You gotta love that but. Yeah. But. <laughs> and really, I guess what, like, in a sense, rejoicing with the truth. What does that actually look like, again, in a daily level? And something I think, just relationally, just as far as me and my wife, that can explain things, is that it's not always easy to walk in truth. It can be very hard to walk in truth. Being open and honest with a person completely and wholly, when they're an imperfect person, can be very hard because at times you have to tell them they're not perfect. You have to tell them that they're not loving or they're not kind or right. they're being selfish or <laughs> whatever whatever it is. But, and that can be hard. That yeah. is not easy. And maybe telling someone that they're not being perfect or they're doing something wrong isn't necessarily the hardest thing to do. But receiving that, that is something that can be so difficult. Receiving correction is without a doubt Probably the hardest thing in the walk as a Christian is receiving, whether it's the Lord's correction or whether it's a correction from an individual, a mentor that you have, it is so hard to receive correction. But I feel like that's a lot of what this verse is in some ways getting at with rejoicing with the truth is when we receive that correction, we shouldn't be angry, we shouldn't be upset, we shouldn't want to lash out, but we should want to rejoice in that truth in the sense of, wow, this is something that is a flaw in my character, but it's something that through the power of the Holy Spirit can change in my life. I can mm. become a better person. I can become a more loving person. And I think that's something the Lord's been teaching me about conviction lately is when he convicts me, when he's revealing something about my heart that he doesn't like, he's not revealing those things to me to put me down or to make me feel bad or anything. He's revealing these things to me so that I can change and that I can become a better man and a more loving man, whether it's to my wife or to other people or just in general. But just having that perspective is so important. And then obviously, in a sense, like not deli delighting when we're lying to others or we're mistreating others. We should never rejoice in those things. But just rejoicing in the kindnesses of life. Just when we right. see other people doing well, when we see marriages going well, when we see people get promoted at their jobs, just whatever, whenever good things come to people, we should be able to rejoice in those things. And yeah, it's just why spend time angry and upset and detestful, detesting other people's successes or detesting the things that are in your life when you can just be thankful and rejoice in the things that the Lord has given you. And even just rejoicing with the truth, even it's just the, the truth of his word, 
is mm. what he says about us, who he says we are, how we're new creations in Christ, how we're beloved and we're chosen of God. Just mm. just those things. How we could just like if we really try to just all day just think about the wonderful things and promises that the Lord has given us. Right. And just another important reason to be in the word to remember who we are. And, right, right. And I think I I literally <laughs> I want to talk about how hard that can be sometimes. Yeah. Even not just like I said earlier, this doesn't mean like you have to be in a relationship like this literally is like your brother or your sister in the Lord and how hard it can be to rejoice over the fact that, you know, the Lord's growing them in a certain area and you feel stagnant or, you know, you see, you know, that your brother or sister in the Lord has a certain gift and you feel as though you don't have that and you want that. So now you're coveting. Um, and that's happened to, to Chris and I and in our relationship a couple of times. And it's hard to rejoice in the truth and in the good and in the joyful. And um, it it shows you how, you know, you're a sinner, you're imperfect. Um, and it shows how in those moments you must run, you know, to the Lord. And you must acknowledge that, Lord, I'm coveting. Lord, I'm, I'm jealous. Lord, I'm envious. Lord, you know, all those things. And it shows you how just just your heart is so full of of just these deceit your heart is deceitfully <laughs> wicked and there's nothing you can do but go to the lord and in those moments it's just like my heart's not loving towards my brother my spouse my friend my sister and if i don't go to the lord in this moment then it's only going to get worse um so yeah love rejoices in the truth um and in those moments when it does not rejoice in the truth and it's rejoicing in, in, in the world and in what's false and what's what's dark and it's rejoicing in sin. Um, so it's important that when we feel the opposite of truth, then it's it's hate, it's it's deception, it's evil. So um, I'm just talking about uh, I just wanted to acknowledge how hard that can be. You know, we're not perfect um, just because some of us are married and and are in relationships. It doesn't mean, you know, these things automatically fall into place in fact it almost feels as though they get even harder mm -hmm. um <laughs> so yeah so i just wanted to share that because it definitely feels as though yeah this walk is impossible without christ <laughs> that is just very true the life that he calls us to we cannot we cannot become the thing that the bible tells us to be without the power of the holy spirit without mm -hmm. the blood of christ constantly washing us because we do sin every day. We do mess up every day. Mm. We could get into that on so much of a deeper level. But allow your shortcomings to just bring you to Christ. Allow it to just just draw you to him. And, and he'll always be there to come alongside you. And, and to love you even when you're doing the wrong things. Right. You know, And to love you even when you feel like you can't love yourself. That's without a doubt. It's something that's so pinnacle in our walk and is... A truth that the Lord's really given me comfort in. I love that. Even when you don't love yourself. So getting into verse 7 here. So I think it was really cool. Just I've always like looked at two of the words in this. So I'll just read verse 7 real quick. As, as I was saying earlier, I'm reading in NIV. So it love, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And, yeah. and mine reads, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things endures all things and i think that was the version i was more aware of i guess you could say for verse seven with bearing all things mm -hmm. and enduring all things and those two words kind of sounded very similar but it obviously the sometimes the lord puts things in there to be redundant to really get our attention but i always thought these things were two different things and they are so 
in verse 7 when it starts, it always protects other words, whether it's your versions or just from what I looked up, looking at the, the original Greek of the word, it means can also mean to either bear or to cover. And really just this idea of protection, really this covering. We know we have verses like love covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. The, the Lord, how we can hide in the shadow of his wings. Just this idea of being able to hide under love. And not in the sense of covering up so that, you know, we're not lying about it. We're not denying the fact that there is sin in our life or anything mm-hmm. like that. But just the fact that that we can just come, like just the safety that's there, this a loving home should feel like a safe home. You know, if you're not, if you come home, whether I don't, whether you're like an adult in your home or whether you're a child in your home, you may not be out on your own yet. Whoever's watching this, I know it's always different depending on what type of home environment you're in. But if you don't feel like you're in a safe home, then it's probably not a loving home. You should always feel safe. When you're in the house of God or when you're in the presence of God, you should always feel safe. And that's because you should know that he's covering you, that he's protecting you, that his love is over you. But then the, at the bottom, at the end of the verse, how it says perseveres, also looking at the Greek, or in other versions, it talks about how love endures. But I love the Greek definition. It actually talks about remaining and abiding. Yeah. And how the difference is how the beginning, it's more of a covering love. It's more of a protecting love. But at the end here, it's just talking about being with. And I think a beautiful picture of this is we see in the book of Ruth. We see this with Ruth and Naomi's relationship. How we see Naomi, her husband has died, her two sons have died, she has her two daughters-in-laws with her, she seems like she's a cursed woman, she's in this horrible place, she doesn't know what to do, she says how she's just going to go back home to her homeland, which is Israel for those of you who don't know, and she's just telling her daughters-in-law, like her daughter-in-laws, look, you don't need to be with me anymore, just go, remarry, you still have time, you're still long you're still young. You can go and live better lives. There's still enough time for you to be successful in life. So the one daughter, she winds up going away and, and she really did seem to love her and she really did seem to care about her. I believe her name was Orpa. And it mm-hmm. did, it wasn't like she like hated Naomi. It didn't, at least the text doesn't make it seem like that was the case, but she does decide to leave. But then you see Ruth and her attitude and her heart towards Naomi and how despite of whatever's to come, basically what she says she's going to stay with naomi and she's going to remain with her no matter what happens she's going to go back with her to her people and she's going to follow her there and just this being the ultimate picture of christ just no matter what we're doing where we're at the lord is just always with us he's always remaining with us now obviously we have to be careful we have to remember that if we're living in a lifestyle of sin obviously the lord's going to be separated from us because sin separates us from god however if we're truly pursuing the lord if we're truly allowing him to mold us and to shape us into the creatures that he wants us to become, which is obviously unto himself, he's going to be there with us. And especially in times of hardship and in times of suffering, the most comforting things that times can be is just that the Lord is there and that he's mm. with us. And obviously just looking at it and just like in a relationship, obviously just comparing these two words with protects and perseveres just the differences like for my wife, like I will always protect her. I will do my best to keep her from harm and everything like that. But sometimes just being with her, just spending time with her, just knowing that no matter how she's feeling, no matter what's going on in her life, just the fact that I can be here with her and I can endure circumstances and situations with her, I know brings her so much comfort and so much peace. And that's something that we don't just have to do with our spouses and we don't just have to do with certain family members, but even with 
at times like coworkers or whether it's people that we're like kind of acquaintances with. It's very easy when certain trials and situations come up into people's lives or when, for instance, like somebody's reputation, like they did something wrong. And I'm trying to think of a decent example here. Or actually, here's one from scripture. We have the adulterous woman and how um, I just love this story so much and how obviously she committed the sin of adultery and how that's a terrible thing and how everybody wants to stone her and everybody thinks she's this terrible woman now. The Lord basically goes up in front of everyone else and he's like, no, I'm going to stand by this woman and I don't condemn her. So, and like, I can't even imagine what that woman must have thought like at that time, like, wow, this is the son of God and he's standing here like with me. Like, I just, I can't, I can't even like begin to understand just how much joy and how much hope she must have had at that moment, knowing that the Lord was standing her standing there with her in that moment. And just when you see people around you going through difficult circumstances, it's so easy to think like, oh, I don't want to get involved with their issues. I got enough stuff on my plate. Why should I spend any time caring about them or their family when I'm too busy caring about my family? But sometimes people just need somebody to just be there, even if it's just to talk to. Sometimes people just want to get out what they're going through. And yeah, I know as Christians, we're called not to gossip and things like that. But to just really offer yourself and to offer your ears and to offer your heart to someone else can just be such an encouraging thing. I think it's, again, not something that requires a, a ton of effort. It's not something that requires a ton of <laughs> intellect or anything like that. It just requires heart. And if it's done in love, I think can be a very, very good and encouraging thing to those around us. My wife is currently looking at her. <laughs> just like, can understand my handwriting. That's and I think that's what that love belief crisis has carried our sins. And that's I, I think that's just what I summed up that whole portion. That's all love needs to believe. However, just that it doesn't give us an excuse to sin. We should never excuse ourselves to sin because of what Christ has has done for us on Calvary. Mm -hmm. Obviously, just with the other two words, just always trusts and and always hopes, just always, just that optimism, you know, like, I know, like, certain people are obviously more prone to optimism than others, but as Christians, we should all be optimistic in life. Like, you know, like, we have the hope and joy of Christ and the Holy Spirit in our lives, you know, like, we should be optimists, and we should, just yeah. knowing the power of God and what he's capable of, that alone should make our hearts so much more prone to believing and hoping in things that are good. But not hopeful of things of this world, hopeful of things to come. And even just if it comes to God working in a person's life, being hopeful and knowing the things that God wants to work in every person's life. God wants to save. We know scripture tells us again mm. and again, God's heart is for every person on this earth to come to salvation. Now, we know obviously not every person on this earth is going to come to salvation. But that's God's heart. His heart is that every single person would come to salvation. Right. He's not willing that any should perish. And just knowing that our heart in a very real way should be the same to those around us also. We should wish for every single person in our lives. Hope, I mean, I'm sorry. Hope that yeah. every single person in our lives would come to salvation. And if they're a believer in Christ, that they would continue to be transformed unto the image of, of Christ. Mm. And knowing that that is possible through Christ. All these things are only possible through Christ. But knowing that he... Through Christ, all things are possible. So, mm. just what what a hope we should have, and just always try. And that's 
again, just the root of where our trust and where our hope lies, as my wife so wonderfully put, not in this world, not in anything that we have, but in, in Christ and what he's done and what he can accomplish. <laughs> David Guzik said, uh, most of us can bear all things and believe all things and hope all things, but only for a while. The greatness of agape love is it keeps on bearing, believing, and hoping. It doesn't give up. It destroys enemies by turning them into friends. Boom. I don't know if you got enemies, but I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we all got someone we, we have definitely not shown the love of Christ to. And we all need to repent of that. I'm just, I'm just so thankful that the Lord's just, just given us his word and that he just makes these things so clear to us. It's funny, some people just feel like they don't know how to love or they don't know what they can be doing in their lives. And even myself, I feel like I'm kind of convicting myself as I'm speaking, but just so often I'm asking the Lord to teach me how to love, to, to show me what I can be doing for those around me. And here's just a single passage out of scripture and obviously a scripture that is one of the most popular because it is supposed to be one of the greatest descriptions of what love is in scripture, but just such a clear example of how we can be applying this to our everyday lives. And it's just a wonderful thing. And to know that the Lord doesn't leave us in darkness as his word shows us, but that he makes his plans known to us, known to us that he has a will and a calling upon our lives to be a light to those around us, to love on them, to encourage them to obviously speak words of truth to them to plant seeds and to just allow the lord to work and that's i guess another great thing to touch on is no matter we can only control the things that we do that's so important to remember we can never control how a person reacts we can never control never control how they're going to respond to us what like how they treat us whether they're loving or unloving and you really learn that in a, a marriage relationship just because, you know, your spouse has yes, good sir. days and they have bad, bad days, but you're called to love them every three, single four day. Times a week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and no, I'm not. Just not being <laughs> discouraged when, for instance, you feel like you've really been loving on a particular individual and they mm. haven't been loving you back. Just don't be discouraged. You know, we're, we're called to love and just look at Christ, like the pinnacle of love, having gone to the cross, showing everyone Mm. that he loves them and that he cares for them and he desires to have a relationship with them. And how many people in this world don't ever come to a relationship with him? You know, like how much his heart like must break every single day just seeing people like not come to him. It's just, it's such a sad thing. But he still went to that cross anyway. Even though people weren't going to come, he still loved on them. He still fought for them with his life. And But yeah, just just be encouraged to, to just continue to love and to continue to push forward. And again, that's something that speaks even to my own heart and it's something that I need. But... Hmm. You just you gotta love Spurgeon. <laughs> Why? Which what is just um enduring all things. He says, if your brethren are angry without a cause, be be sorry for them. But do not let them conquer you by driving you into a bad temper. Stand fast in love. Endure not the same things, but all things for Christ's sake. So you shall prove yourself to be a Christian indeed. Yeah. Enduring all things in Christ's love. Not in secular, you know, standpoint of love. Because obviously the world has a whole different 
mm-hmm. view on you know what we're um on what you know love is and and how you know it's almost to, like a, a mutual relationship yeah. in a sense of like oh i'll love you as long as you're loving me but as right. soon as you stop loving me then i'm going to stop loving you right you know right. that's just that is the world's definition of love and it's a very reactive love yeah and it yeah. can be it can be so easily broken you know like the one day somebody can make a mistake it might be a bad mistake but the one day somebody makes a mistake it could completely ruin a relationship it's just so temporary yeah you know and thank god that christ's love is is not temporary, so temporary. it's eternal yeah. Yeah. and yeah just when just as christians like how i was kind of talking about just pushing on regardless of how people love us like that at times can be the greatest thing that speaks you know that we continue to love a person no matter how they treat us like that alone can be the thing that stirs in their hearts like why does this person like keep up like with all these kind things that they're doing and why do they continue to love on me i've just been pushing them away and i keep telling them to get lost or whatever it is that they Mm. may be saying to you but this person is still loved on me right and like that alone is just a testimony of the lord you know right right. he's allowed you to be able to continue in that love Yeah, I guess that um that pretty much sums up what we we're kind of talking about today and I don't know, I just definitely feel like a lot of this hits home for sure and things that I can be doing, things that I should be Yeah, especially with, you know, um just with this whole quarantine thing, it's like, you know, how do we love during this? You know, a lot of us are, you know, stuck inside and probably running rampant on social media about what we feel and how everything going on is so unfair. Um, so, you know, stop, stop the complaining and half of us should just be praying and, and seeking the Lord in this time. And it's been hard, you know, for all of us, all of us. So, um, so in this time it's, maybe it's not, you know, half of us aren't working. So maybe showing the love has been half as easy, you know, cause we're not running into, you know, people day to day. So, um, but we definitely should be praying more for, you know, whether it's the president or, you know, those who, who are risking their lives, you know, for, you know, nurses, doctors, etc. So. And even, um, just us reading Calvary Road, just talking about how like the hardest place at times to love is in the home. Is in and the just home. knowing that we're all stuck in our homes right now. Yeah. So this is a perfect time for us to be able to grow in love. Yeah. And especially with this looking like it's going to continue on for a right. period of time. Yeah, and be, you know, be praying for the church, Christian or not, you know, that's just the foundation, you know, and it's it's definitely being tested right now, so. But with that said, we'll definitely just close with the verses that we just read, just, you know, to serve as a reminder. Um, So, mm-hmm. love, go ahead, sorry. Too. I was just saying, and just, yeah, just let it, just spend time in the passage, you know, just because of all the things we said, that's not the... Like, that's not everything that this passage has to say, you know. There's just so much in this passage alone that the Lord can speak to your heart. And just whatever he is speaking to your heart this time, whether it was one thing, whether it was ten things, just take hold of that and to really ponder and to pray upon whatever that is. Yeah, and we encourage you for sure to definitely do your own research, do your own study, and definitely go deeper with it. So, because there's definitely so much more um, that you could get from it. So, with that said, verse four, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, and is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, love does not seek its own, is not provoked, and thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, 
Hope saw things, endures all things. Love never fails. God bless you guys. See you guys.